Yes, I'm Dutch. Dyslexia, audio transmission. Welcome to Dis and That, the podcast from Dyslexia Ireland for all of your dyslexia related needs. My name is Amy Smith and I am the Information and Advocacy Coordinator here at Dyslexia Ireland. I am joined by the lovely Michelle. Say hello Michelle. Hi. And we have Jenny here today um, to talk to us about her role in the Dyslexia Association. Hi guys. So... This is how it works, Jenny. We have a big magical black hat, as you mm-hmm. can see here. It's been lovely, lovely designed with um, some question marks. We've added the question marks now, so it's a bit more glitzy. So I would like to start it by asking you who you are and what you do. Okay, my name is Jenny Byrne. I'm the information officer here in the Dyslexia Ireland. Um, I've worked here for eight years. It'll actually be eight years tomorrow. That's Ooh. my anniversary. Congratulations. Yes, thank you very much. Um, I started off being the information assistant for um, two other staff and then through chops and changes, people changing, people leaving, changing roles. Amy started here in November 15 and I took on Amy's role when she changed her role to advocacy officer. So yeah, I've been doing this role for about three years now and this is my best job I've ever been in. Excellent, and you forgot the most important fact today, for the first time, Michelle is outnumbered on the podcast, isn't she? Oh yeah, two dyslexics, two oh, one. Oh yeah, very good. Two dyslexics, two one. That, I, that's a place I'm happy to be. Mm. <laughs> so Jenny, mm-hmm. what we do here on the podcast is we get you to have a rummage around in the black hat mm-hmm. and pick a question that you would like to answer. Yep. So I'm going to pass it over to you now. Yep. Here you go. Thanks a lot. Have a rummage. Okay. The first question is... Let's see. Take the question out there. Here. Okay, excellent. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so this question is, uh, when did you find out you were dyslexic? Can you tell us about that, please? Yes. So um, I was assessed through a NEP psychologist in junior thirty year. So it would have been about 15. I turned 16 the May of junior thirty year. Um, I remember the lady. I don't remember her name but she was a lovely lady with glasses and she was very nice to me about it. And um, the reason I was assessed was my French teacher and my history teacher noticed that I had a lot of spelling mistakes, letter inversion, letter reversal, um, saying I was great verbally given answers, but my answers written, written work were very short. So that was the prompt, not my English teacher, French and history. Um, so that led on to me getting a spelling and grammar waiver for junior cert and not extra time because there wasn't there isn't that but um yeah that was it and how did you feel about it when kind of when they eventually said to you listen this is what it is Jenny you're dyslexic kind of because you were 15 at that Mm, stage so massive relief knowing what it was knowing I wasn't there wasn't something wrong with me or I didn't have like something wrong with my brain that I couldn't learn, I just couldn't learn, and this was the reason why, and that was a massive relief for me to be able to say to my mum and dad, this is why, why can't you do this, why, why, me, me teachers, Jenny, we just spoke about this, why can't you do it, why can't you remember, now I can say, this is why. So you did feel um, along the way that you were maybe learning a little differently, or, or things weren't clicking with you the same mm-hmm. way as other kids were? Mm-hmm. 
it was really obvious from when I was very young in primary school um, my school report cards were like she could try harder they were always very nice Jenny is a lovely girl but um, one of them said she could pull up her socks I need to try harder one of them said like I oh, Jenny's away with the fairies on a report card to my parents when I was 10 it wasn't great you know tries tr needs to try harder needs to put in more effort where I was at home sweating putting in all the effort I could and not getting out the results I was I felt I was putting in so when you think I wrote this great two-page essay when I'm nine and I wrote envelope but I spelled it envelope and I was made stand up in the class and read it and that's really as a nine-year-old that's detrimental but now I can giggle about it and say well that was my dyslexia so it's it was a relief that's the main thing being able to go home to my parents and have them understand it you know and have my mum nearly acknowledge it and realise possibly she's dyslexic possibly as well and wasn't diagnosed in school and nearly their relief as well of being able to know I was getting some support now in secondary school okay so in relation to that then did you feel moving forward from that then did, mm. did you feel supported did it help knowing when you put that into action that you were in secondary it? school it did yeah okay. yeah I know I noticed I don't remember my junior cert because it was so many years ago but I remember being in like senior cycle and having the teachers giving me a break, having that, oh, we won't ask you to speak next or don't, you're not, you know, where you'd, who, everyone have a line in the poem, I wouldn't have to. Or um, just kind of like in art and in history and in home ec, my teachers just acknowledging it and like you could see, I, I when I'm stressed out, I go red in the face and they see I was red in the face and just go by me and be like don't worry about it we won't pick on you we won't put you on the spot so I remember that acknowledgement of there wasn't an awful lot of well you're going to resource and like I didn't get an Irish exemption so I didn't have that spare class to get resource but within my mainstream classes I was offered nearly just an acknowledgement of we know you're struggling so we're not going to put you on the spot and that made a big difference oh yeah mm. all right Jen we'll go back into the hat now mm -hmm. Do you like the way I've decorated it? It looks like the Riddler. I spent all day. All day. <laughs> um, okay, this is a good one. So, has there been a person or some people that maybe you feel have been particularly understanding or supportive um, around your dyslexia, maybe in, in school after you found out or, or in your day-to-day -day life or work or things like that that you think, um, yeah, that person's been a great help? Mm -hmm. um, not, I can't pick out anyone in school specifically because I think I've just unconsciously forgotten about school and blocked out a lot of the negative things that happened so I don't remember a lot of it but I remember one of my cousins is dyslexic um, and she was a great help and she's Ireland syndrome as well so like looking up to her and seeing what she did and knowing what I could possibly do um, and then my mum and dad were great about it once we realised what supports could be put in place you know um, and then just you guys as well. I started working here and realising what supports and what emotional supports as well as like computer supports and assistive technology can be put in place is huge because you can feel people are judging me. I, my penmanship isn't great. Where the minute I started working here, it was like, that doesn't matter. None of that matters because there's supports in place. So that was a great help. You're letting them know about the dyslexia mafia that we oh, yeah. run out of our office. Oh, yes. <laughs> You're letting them in on the secret. 
Can I ask you, Jen, about... So workplace supports are obviously hugely important mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. So for adults with dyslexia, mm-hmm. if you could give them one tip just about workplace supports, what would you recommend? I know a lot of adults, unfortunately, because dyslexia has a taboo around it, don't like disclosing the fact that they are... If they feel comfortable in their jobs, do disclose the fact that you are dyslexic and you can get support. And like, what supports that are out there are amazing. The main one I would use in, in my office role would be Grammarly, which is a spelling support service. It's free. You download it onto your computer and it just is it's like, it's like a right-hand sidebar and it tells you everything. This is spelled incorrect. It gives you a prompt. Should it be this letter? Should it be this word? Like it nearly does sentence structure for you. Even students, you can use it. You can buy a premium and it does like exam supports and essay supports. So for me, because my dyslexia is spelling-based, that's one of my weaknesses, Grammarly is great for me. But if, as a whole, for a dyslexic employee, if they do feel that their employer is open to supporting them, do ask for help, get the help, get the... There's a grant available through um, a work adaptation grant through the Department of Social Protection. It's €1,500 for assistive technology, computers, software, hardware, uh, echo pens. It's amazing the support that's available out there now so if you if you do feel comfortable accept the support that's available that's super thanks um what are you listening to what are you into music wise and podcasts and things um things so at the minute i spend an awful lot of time on the train so i've a two and a half hour journey daily an hour and 15 in an hour and 15 home so i would listen to audiobooks um podcasts like just music things like that the most recent audiobook i finished was um the heart's invisible fury by john boyle and he is friends with Anne, who used to work here it's an amazing book brilliant book i actually didn't read it i listened to it on audible um, because I can't, my, my reading ability is, is not great. So you listening to audiobooks as a dyslexic person, Audible has opened up my world to several books I never thought I'd read. Um, so that was one of the most recent books I finished. Um, then just like uh, autobiographies, I like horror. Um, I'm listening to a couple of different podcasts, things like that. I like the History of Ireland podcast by Finn Dwyer. Um, he's brilliant and I found his podcast through Blind by Boat Club from the Rubber Bandits Hit podcast that's also amazing it's very good mm. lovely limerick tones I love it yeah <laughs> can't beat it by <laughs> now um, so you get a lot of kind of calls from people and you deal um, a lot with frontline stuff. So I'm just wondering if you could tell a teacher or tell maybe someone um, in the Department of Education or who does policy, maybe some changes that they could make or, or what would make their classroom more dyslexia friendly or what would have made your experience a little bit better. Um, do you have any ideas for that? The main thing would be acknowledging acknowledgement of it. You know, it a lot of things I remember from school was the no one spoke about it, no one acknowledged it. You know, there's this broad base of disabilities are hidden and, and it's a cover it with a taboo, no one talk about it. And so acknowledging needs, 
offering support and encouraging kids yes you are dyslexic but it will not restrict you as to do anything you want to do you know um, encourage kids let kids know it's not their fault it's not anyone's fault it's mm. genetic it's hereditary it's just a glitch it's just you know it's no one's fault that you're dyslexic it's like having freckles or wearing glasses or having red hair it doesn't change who you are it doesn't change anything it just changes how you have to learn um, I suppose as on a broader scale for the Department of Education or for society, just be aware of children's needs. Don't put them in a box. Well, you're dyslexic, so you're only getting A and C, where a kid with dyspraxia gets A and B and C and D. That's unfair. They both have a learning difficulty. They both have a quote-unquote disability, albeit invisible. Why are they receiving different supports? So the Department of Education needs to be more supportive, less restrictive, and just open-minded. Great. I'll send them a copy of the podcast. Yeah, as wonderful as it mm-hmm. is to be here with my two dyslexic colleagues um, I feel outnumbered <laughs> and this must be what it feels like to be For in me. the world <laughs> yeah I think it's it's important to note that that because you two have a very um an inner understanding mm-hmm. of what it's like to be dyslexic mm-hmm. you probably have more of an inside knowledge mm-hmm. about this whereas I feel a bit like un unlicensed yeah. <laughs> to talk about to it in a little bit yeah exactly yeah, yeah. we've given you honorary yeah. membership michelle, michelle so it's yeah. all right yeah. i know but i just wanted to flag that you know it is it's, a, it's important to know that um the people with not dyslexia mm. don't always have the answers it's mm. the people with dyslexia that know mm-hmm. what they're talking about and on that note I'll let Amy take the next question I actually think that's a really good point I'm going to now disrespect the hash because we've started a trend so I'm going to ask my own question Um, I think that this is a really exciting podcast for people to listen to if they've ever had any interaction with the DAI because Jenny is probably the voice that you Mm recognise from that intervention um, and interaction uh, Jenny is um, works on our information line and she's the one that kind of doles out all of the information and all of the caring, supportive messages that really we send out. Um, so it's nice for people to get a little bit of an insight um, and some knowledge about Jenny. So do you think, uh, Jenny, that there are some things you would say to parents? You kind of give these lovely, empathetic parent mm-hmm. advice all the time. Um, and I'm wondering like, what you would say to a parent of a child who's just found out um, that their child's dyslexic. Um, from calls, a lot of calls, I, I, as Amy said, like I am the front of office. So people would call every day and the majority of the time speak to me. And, and when parents do ring up, a lot of the time they're panicked or they're, what do I do? Where do I go? I got an assessment yesterday and they have a million questions. So the first thing I usually would say is like, okay, we'll st- what are the main questions you have? What does this mean for the future? Is this going to stop them going to college? Things like that, you know? So I would always try and encourage a parent to say, you know, it's not a negative thing. It just changes how they have to learn. It doesn't change who they are or what school they can go to for secondary school or what college they can go. They can still do anything they want to do. It's letting them know they just have to change how they do it. They just have to take a different route. And the route might be a little bit longer and a couple of roundabouts and a couple of, you know, humpback bridges, but they'll get there in the end. And I think that's great. That's what parents have to realise and push on to their kids that if you get the resilience you need now as a younger child and you're told being dyslexic is a little bit hard and homework takes a little bit longer, but with the correct support, you can be a doctor, a nurse, a guard, 
you can be anything you want to be and we know that and I know as adults I know dyslexic doctors and nurses and educational psychologists that can that have gone through college and done the same amount of work as non-dyslexic students you know so, but the main thing I would say to just going back to sorry Amy just going back to your question is to a parent is to always encourage their child to let them know they're not different that it, it's dyslexia doesn't change who they are it just changes how you have to learn yeah and do you think that it's important that that message and that comfort um comes from someone who is dyslexic yeah. and kind of understands that the majority of calls halfway through a call i have to disclose the fact to a parent or an adult or a teacher listen i'm dyslexic so i know where you're coming from i was dyslexic i was diagnosed in secondary school so i'm able to as, and I'm also a parent and I've two kids and they're too young to be diagnosed and if they are dyslexic it's great you know I know how to approach it now um so I can see I have my parent hat on I have my dyslexia hat on you know so I can approach the majority of calls knowing the parents worry about the kid but also the parental worry you know that mom guilt yeah um and that's trying to get a mom off a phone call when they're upset or they're crying or they feel guilty you know, it's today is a new day. It's the start of a new voyage for a dyslexic child. Yeah, and I know people find that incredibly helpful and kind. And sometimes I look over and you're wearing so many hats, I can't see you. You're buried under a mountain of hats. <laughs> Too many. <laughs> Can I just add something to that, mm-hmm. Jen, about your, your role? Have, do you, have you felt that it, within your role and wearing all of your hats... Mm-hmm. Has that empowered you to talk about your dyslexia more? Do you feel empowered? Yeah, I think at the beginning it was embarrassing, you know, if someone, I had to ask someone to say, can you spell that for me if their road name or surname or where the, the town they were from was something that I couldn't spell. But now I just say it automatically, you know, where if I say to a parent and they question, are you dyslexic sometimes? Mm. How do you know this? Are you? And I say, yes, I am. That's why I know where I'm co- I know you're, you're upset or I know your mm. query um yeah working here for eight years now I can say I am I think at the beginning I found it um nearly overwhelming being a dyslexic person trying to offer advice on something I struggled with but now now I know the ins and outs of the association I can like read the website backwards I am the website nearly um I I the information I give I know is what they need to hear I know getting off a phone call a 45 minute phone call or an hour phone call from an upset parent or an upset adult I know I've given them the information they need. They need that emotional support as well as information around how do I get a tutor? What's the closest workshop? Why did my kid not get an Irish exemption? You know, will it restrict them? You know, I, I know that when I hang up the phone call, they've said, thank you so much. I'm really glad we spoke today. And I always let them know, thanks for your call because, you know, it's hard to call some days, especially adults find it hard to pick up the phone and call. So I always say to her parents, thanks, thanks for calling. I hope you hope this helped. Like, so. mm-hmm. But yeah. And it does. It definitely does help. And the amount of times that, um, you know, people will say to you, oh, I was speaking to Jenny when I met on talks or Jenny was brilliant. She, she told me all this information. And I do have to say, yes, Jenny is actually our <laughs> website. It's just Jenny. She's a font of information. <laughs> I'm 
going to hijack this a little bit because I think it's kind of a nice, unique moment um, because we're all very good friends and I'm sure you're all very good friends with all of the lovely listeners that are on the edge of their seats. Do you have any um, like funny dyslexic stories? Like I remember uh, my first week here, I sent an email that I did not proofread properly and I meant to write public concern uh, in my email and it did not come out as public concern, I'll tell you that much. Um, so just kind of, I think everyone... Um, is aware that you kind of dyslexia sometimes when you get really used to it and you get really comfortable with it mm. it's something that you laugh about do you have any hilarious stories for us um yeah a few um I'm, I'm like that I can't spell unfortunately and it comes out indubitably you know even with Grammarly it's just the one <laughs> word I can't spell um the I was going on holidays actually about eight years ago um I booked the tickets and booked the hotel and we were going to Prague and about four weeks beforehand, you always get a prompt from Ryanair being like, don't forget to pre, pre your border, border pass. And um, it had uh, Miss Jennifer Byrne and Miss David Byrne. It's <laughs> <laughs> my partner, David. And uh, I contacted Ryanair and they were like, oh yeah, it'll be 200 euro because if it doesn't match what his passport says, he won't be allowed on the flight. And I was like, but it's I'm dyslexic, and they were like, it doesn't matter. So he we went to Prague, and it was Miss Jennifer Byrne and Miss David Byrne. Excellent. It didn't cost me two hundred euro, but the girl at the desk did just giggle and say, "Oh, it's okay." Like things like that are so fiddly. I remember when I was filling out my C, uh, CAO form, we mm-hmm. were the first year that did it electronically, and I was Mr. Amy Smith <laughs> on, on my. Uh, <laughs> On my CAO form, and I remember it took me eight solid weeks to fix, and I thought oh. I'd have to enter university as Mr. Amy Smith. Yeah. Sure, when I was picking Maeve's, my daughter Maeve, when we were picking her name, um, there's several names I wanted to call her and couldn't spell them. Like for Ryan, I wanted to call him Dunica, and Dave said to me, spell it. And I said, I don't know how. He said, well, then you can't call him Dunica. <laughs> um, and for Maeve... Uh, the way I spell Maeve is M-E-A-M-E for A-B-H and there's a, you can also add M-E for A-B-H-D-H and it's just too many letters for me. There's too many D's, B's and it's like five and so I just, five is enough. In Good fairness, stuff. In fairness, Jen, I don't think I could spell Maeve. Maeve, yeah. <laughs> so many variants. <laughs> Okay, so there's a couple of more questions here that I think we might... um, Oh, that's a good question. Are you happy to answer a possibly, you know, it could be difficult, Mm -hmm. it could be fun. Of course. Depends on what way you take it. Yeah, anything. If you could take a magic pill and Mm -hmm. not be dyslexic, Mm -hmm. would you take it? No. No. Now I wouldn't, being an adult and and living the life I've had and going through secondary school I didn't go to college in the end I did a PLC and went straight into the workforce then um like probably thinking about the the not great experience I had in primary school if I could go back and tell nine-year-old Jen it's going to be okay that's what I would do but I wouldn't stop nine-year-old Jen being dyslexic I would just let her know you know fight the good fight for the next few years and when you get to the other end of it it'll be better Okay, that's interesting. And do you think, uh, we do a lot of work with kids for dyslexia and me, and um, I think when you're in the horrors of it, mm. it's easy to think that you want to take that pill, but do you think that being dyslexic makes you good at things? You know, some things oh, like yeah. 
Your memory recall is yeah, unbelievable. I like those parents that ring up and say, Hi, my name is Mary and my son Peter was assessed since 2012. And I'd be like, Yeah, I know, I remember. Hiya, how are you? Your address is in Cork. You know, they're the things I remember, mm. like parents from all around Ireland and names of kids and like names of parents. And But I can't remember like what I had for dinner yesterday because that's short term memory and yeah. that stuff my brain doesn't need to remember. Like when the week Ryan was born, I forgot his name for a good solid hour one of the days I rang the hospital to check in you have to ring to say book in for an appointment and she asked me his date of birth and then she asked me his name and I forgot it and it was probably tiredness as well but I was like yeah my name is Jenny Byrne and this is my son's date of birth he was only born on Wednesday and she's like what's his name she's like there's 47 kids born here on Wednesday what's his name and I looked at my partner and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> you went blank. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, you had just met him. I did, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was only a couple of days. Yeah, you old. only knew him a few I days. I think that's fair. But yeah, yeah short term memory isn't one of my fortes, but my long term memory is. I have a good story about Jenny um, when you when I go to Super Value with you mm-hmm. and I get really confused by the self-service oh, yeah. And Jenny's great at methodically saying to me, you press this button, <laughs> then you press this one, then you do that. So and you're really you good at... You're very, your organisational skills and your memory skills mm-hmm. and your ability to kind of talk mm-hmm. somebody through something, mm-hmm. I, I think that's really... I'll agree and say my organisational skills within something I like mm. is very good. But when it comes to ironing or doing the washing on time, right now, <laughs> that's not. When I have a lack of interest in what I have to do, it's not organised. It's not organised on time. Like I can get the kids out of the house in 25 minutes, but I cannot iron a shirt for work for the life of me because I don't want to do it but that may bring us into a whole other area mm. of conversation yeah, that's <laughs> probably dyslexia. more about no. Arna the short yeah that's not a dyslexic problem <laughs> I will say just for our lovely uh, listeners uh, Jenny never turns up wrinkly <laughs> or unkempt just in case you were four wondering. hours to iron the clothes though <laughs> when I got there in the end I may not have slept but I earned it <laughs> Okay, Jen, so this is our last question. Mm-hmm. We've wreaked havoc with the question, Hash, to be honest. It's just been cast aside, sad. <laughs> um, so I want to know about, you know, people with dyslexia. You meet so many people with dyslexia all mm-hmm. the time. Um, you know, they're in and out here. Is there any kind of dyslexics that you admire or traits in some people maybe you've met um, that you think, like, that's brilliant and really, like, inspired by them or anything like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think people come in here every day, adults um, from all different walks of life and roles of life, CEOs of companies, people who's built themselves up from like they didn't finish primary school and now they own companies because they had that resilience of they kept going and kept going, even though they didn't have an education behind them. They had that resilience and push behind them. Um, I suppose famous people, I mean, everyone always says Richard Branson, and you know, um, and yeah, that's great. And he has done stuff. And I think it's the smaller people and the poets and the scientists and like Einstein and like they had little to work with and were able to do such amazing things because they had that resilience. And my French teacher in secondary school, when I told her I was dyslexic, was like, well, so was Yates. So you'll be fine. Look what he did. You know, so that kind of pushed me to, to look into Yeats and look into his history and look into his life. And that that was very interesting for me, you know, seeing how Irish people and, and Irish poets and he was able to do such amazing things with his life. And, you know, he's such a such a lovely history of poetry 
but he was so dyslexic, super dyslexic, couldn't read his own poetry, you know, so you can do anything you want to do if you have that built-in resilience. And I think it goes, because now we offer that for children, we're teaching younger kids to learn how to be resilient. I'm hoping in 10 years' time, I'll see these nine-year-olds and eight-year-olds who come in here now are going to college and going to Trinity and going to UCD and going to the Royal College of Surgeons and finishing off what they started, following through on their, yeah, I can be anything I want to be when they come in here. And that's all thanks to our Amy and um, the course that she offers, the Dyslexia and Me course, as well as parents pushing them and saying, you can do this, it's not restrictive. That's the main thing, is dyslexia does not restrict who you are or change who you are, it changes how you have to learn, and that's all. And if the Department of Education got on board and offered the more support, because at the minute it's a bit restrictive, but if they offered more support and it was more open and available, um, more kids would be able to get through school and not have as much anxiety as they do around dyslexia. Mm. Mm. I think that's a really good answer. And I think just to add to that as maybe it is, so the power lies within the individual, Mm -hmm. but we do need services and state agencies to get on board board Mm. and to offer support and to be more aware and employers. We need employers as well to say, look, we've heard about this thing, dyslexia. It's one in 10 people. Does anybody have it? We're making this a dyslexia friendly place. Anyone can call me or come into the office, call and arrange an appointment. And I'm always there on the phone for parents or adults with any queries. They can call at any time. The service is completely confidential. You know, so there's, I'm here nearly every day. (laughs) So yeah, if anyone can call, or if anyone wants to call, they can. Jenny, is your bed not under the desk in there? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. In the, it's in the stationary cupboard. Yeah, we keep her in the stationary cupboard. I'm like Dobby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she's Dobby the dyslexic Dobby the dyslexic elf. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just waiting well. for someone to give me a sock. <laughs> well, um, I think that is as good a place to end it as possible. Mm-hmm. I think um, we're all great friends, so we could chat here forever, but... Yeah. Um, I think I'd like to thank Jenny for taking some time out of her, as you can understand, incredibly busy day um, to to speak to us and to talk to us about her experience, her unique experience. And also I'd like to thank her from, I know, um, I I know Michelle as well has people who come up to us and say they've spoken to Jenny and she's been such an incredible help. So we're very proud to have Jenny as a huge asset as part of the DAI. So I think that's really important. Um, so thank you very much Jenny and welcome. You, thank you for having me yeah I know obviously and uh, you'll be able to uh, tune in and listen to our next podcast soon mm-hmm. say bye bye Michelle bye bye Michelle <laughs> <laughs> let's all go and have a hug <laughs> yeah we're going to go have a hug <laughs>